This is Closer to the Fire from the Voice of the Martyrs Canada, with a focus on the persecuted church around the world. I'm Greg Musselman. In Pakistan, Christians are considered second-class citizens and are discriminated against in every aspect of life. Church leaders can be arrested if they don't abide by the authorities' wishes, and those arrests act as warnings to the Christian minority and intimidates them further. The COVID-19 crisis led to an increase of aid being provided to Christian day laborers only if they converted to Islam. Pakistan's infamous blasphemy laws continue to be leveraged against non-Muslims of insulting the Prophet Muhammad or the Quran, and even false accusations can lead to mob violence. Joining me to talk about the challenges and persecution facing Christians in that Islamic nation is Peter Paul. Peter is a pastor from Pakistan, now living in southern Ontario, where he leads the Cornerstone Asian Church in Mississauga. In 2020, Peter and his wife Jemima started Living Hope TV, and that channel features sermons, worship, Christian movies, documentaries, interviews, life-changing testimonies for youth and children as well. It is an amazing channel doing great things for the kingdom of God in Pakistan and beyond. And the programs are aired in multiple languages, including English, Urdu, Hindi, and Punjabi. Peter was very active in Christian ministry when he lived in Pakistan and continues to be involved now living in Canada and is a partner with the Voice of the Martyrs Canada, but he left Pakistan when he just felt it was too dangerous for his family to stay there. Peter, welcome to Close to the Fire. Thank you for having me, brother. You know, we're going to look at uh, a few stories. Now, these are recent stories, but they're really indicative of the situation facing uh, many of our brothers and sisters, and again, way too common, but uh, we want to talk about them what we can do in terms of praying and supporting them. So the first story is Anita Emanuel. She was 16 years old. She was kidnapped by her rickshaw driver over a year ago in Bohalpur, that is in Punjab province. Now, since both her parents worked, arrangements had been made for Muhammad was seen to pick up the Christian teenager, take her to school, and then pick her up after school. And then on August 31st, 2021, Muhammad drove Anita to another town and then threatened to kill her if she created a disturbance. Anita was then forced to sign a document informing her that she was now a Muslim and that she and Muhammad were married. And for months, Anita was kept in a locked room where she was abused sexually and frequently left without food or water. Finally, after several months, she was able to escape and return to her family's home. Her parents are now trying to have the fraudulent marriage annulled. Now, Peter, these kinds of situations, unfortunately, are common. Uh, Tell me about uh, when you hear these stories. I mean, it must just break your heart. Always, always, because uh, we grew up there and I know the situation when I was a child and we worked there so many years as an evangelist. And these are very common stories and it happened all the time there. I we hear so many stories, but some of the stories are in captions and, you know, uh, some people, they record and then they send send these stories, but most of the stories are not even recorded. And because they are very poor and unprivileged and they are threatened and they maybe sometime the people give them some money and trade, don't speak out and Uh, they have life threats, so they don't speak because they know that uh, if they will go to police, the police is not going to take any action. 
Yeah, that, and that's the so, tragic thing about this, Peter, is because, you know, in the case of Anita, okay, she was able to escape, but now yeah. trying to get the marriage annulled or having any kind yeah. of justice served is almost impossible, it seems, at least most of the time. There are the odd stories that we hear. The police do yeah. finally get involved, but that usually happens because of protests and, and pressure on the Pakistani government. Yes, brother. This is this is common stories. I mean, uh, when you talk about the justice there, uh, there is no justice for a second-class citizen, especially when you are when in in that justice system, you will see mostly militant uh, officers, and in in their uh, you know justice system, you know they they see as as, as a uh, discriminatory that uh, oh they are Christian that's okay oh she has accepted uh, Islam and that's fine and then they ignore those cases mm -hmm. and they they uh, you know I, I would say they know what's happening but they don't take any actions because bribery is a major part in Pakistan so a lot of people the justice system they buy the justice system they buy the police so uh, our people, they are living really in persecution there. And especially those cases. I mean, when they, they are afraid when their daughters goes to school or college or universities. Uh, you know, we live in a system where a brother or uh, a husband should be with them all the time. And it's, it's, it's not possible sometimes because husband and wife, they are working and they have to trust someone. But you see that in Anita case, what happened? And uh, she was shy and she was uh, worried about their parents. So most of the time, these kind of uh, people, they also threaten girls. If you will talk, then we will kill your parents or we will kill your uh, relatives. So they are afraid. And uh, th this is... This, this, this system needs to be changed and we pray or every day we pray that God really we need change because no, not every person can migrate in Western countries and we need good government and justice there in Pakistan so yeah, they and, can survive. And, yeah, and, and even when the cases do go to court and they're trying to get the marriage annulled and the girl is clearly underage, so you've got the proof of that. But then the yeah. girl stands up in court and says, no, I have willingly converted to Islam. I have married this man. And of course, the parents are shocked that she would say this. And then when they yeah. talk to her privately, she says, well, they said that they would kill my brothers. They said they would kill you uh, if yes. you said that. And in one case, it was actually recorded and, you know, they played before the court, but the court is just ignoring it. So you have that side of it. Plus, you have the Islamists, the, you know, the, the groups that are more militant, threatening yeah. the judges and threatening the police as well. Yes. And the, the, the one other thing is, I mean, it's very hard to fight their case. I mean, lawyers, they are afraid to take this kind of cases even because they have a frightening position. They have threatened, threat, they are threatened that uh, their family will be killed if you will take this case. And uh, most of the time, as you elaborated, that uh, yes, this is the story that uh, why she was, she said that I am willingly converted because of the uh, threat. So, uh, I mean, this is, this is common. And I, 
we we hear i receive so many calls every day that uh, this is happening one girl called me and she said that uh, uh, one muslim guy married to me and he left me and he said she said that is there a way i can escape is there a way i can uh, uh, you know raise my family i have two daughters mm -hmm. and i said that uh, yeah we we started supporting her and uh, i said that well but i don't have any ways that i can issue you a visa and you can escape because these she said that i am hiding because my husband knows that uh, uh, i have two children and uh, he wanted to raise those children in muslim, as a muslim but i don't want i made a mistake but i now realize so this this these kind of things every day happening and the court system is not taking any action the police when you go to police they when they came to know oh, you are christian they think oh you are infidel and most of the time when i was living there they they asked my name they said oh how come your name is peter and you are in pakistan and i said that i was given from my parents i mean they named me they said that no the the thing is you are an american this sometimes they think that we are an american agent <laughs> yeah that so, gets used this, all the time I, and yeah it's, so when you look at these cases and there's no justice and these folks can't escape some have come to canada and i know that you get inundated. We've talked about this. Uh, I mean, you're not only a partner of the Voice of the Martyrs, but you're also yes. my friend, and we've spent time together. Yes. And I know that the requests that I get through social media from Pakistani Christians wanting to come to Canada, and for you, it's multiplied many times. How do you deal with that in telling these people that are so desperate? And yeah, I know there's maybe ones that are not legitimate. We understand that, but yeah. many of them are. Yeah. How do you deal with that, Peter? Because you know that they're in just desperate situations. I, you know, we try to guide them because uh, Christians all over the world, they are persecution. Mm -hmm. The persecute level of persecution is different in all countries, even in America or Canada. I mean, yes, we don't have a, that kind of threats, but we, the Christians, who are exercising their faith, even in Canada or America, they are persecuted. We try to console them. We try to help them. And we try to engage with the good uh, you know, system there because education is the way where they can uh, you know, scale their self. They, they can easily get out from these countries and they can get good jobs because most of the people, if you listen the stories, of this kind of stories, uh, forcefully marriages, you will see a very unprivileged people, those who are very, very, uh, you know, sanitation uh, work janitors, or, but there are some good families who thought that the education is the tool we should get, uh, because we are living in a country, because when they see you are a Christian, they don't treat you a first class, and they don't give you opportunity, but they have to compete with them, uh, you know, number one, that uh, they can hire them. So I, when we receive this kind of uh, request, we pray for them and we said that, and we pray for the government and we try to help the local organizations there who are working NGOs. So if they can get help from them. And to stay encouraged in their faith and, and you know, the yes. you know, story of Anita, and there's so many more, uh, Huma, and I just think of so many girls 
and oh, women so that many. yeah that that you I know you've prayed for I've prayed for that's why we yeah. have our persecution and prayer alert from the Voice of the Martyrs Canada and many of those stories are these young girls 14 15 sometimes even younger uh being oh, 14 13, to, 13. Yeah. I mean it's 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 See terrible. Arzu Raja Arzu Raja yeah. you know you know few years back you know what happened and she was threatened she was converted and now she's living in isolation uh, apart from uh, the family. So these cases are there 12 years, 10, uh, 10 years, 11 years, 13 years. But the, the thing is, the, under the Sharia, Sharia law, I was reading a high court in Pakistan rule, a man can marry underage girls. Can you imagine that? Oh, no. I... A man can marry underage girls under Sharia law. That's really, and you cannot question under Sharia law, they can marry. And uh, it's, it's only in sin, they said that uh, 18 years, but in Punjab, they can marry. So it's in high court ruling. I mean, and you think, okay, these girls are kidnapped. Um, yeah. Sometimes they are able to escape or the police might intervene. And then you mm -hmm. don't have the court system backing them. Even no. false accusations of blasphemy. I'm going to talk about that yes. in just a moment yeah. here. But yeah. uh, the disturbing part is, is the girls. And, yes. and I understand why every Christian would probably want to leave Pakistan. Oh, yes. Uh, we, of course, we do need the light and the hope of Jesus in that. I mean, many of these Christians yeah. are brick kiln workers and, as you mentioned, sanitary workers. In fact, there's a story. Yeah. Uh, his name is James Masih, Punjab province as well. Yes. And yeah. he's accused of blasphemy. And, and here's the story, Peter. He's working in the hospital. And, yeah. uh, you know, so he's a, he's a sanitation worker. But part of his responsibilities was helping the patients, you know, in the emergency ward. So a Muslim woman named Nazia comes in for a medical checkup. Now, James yeah. doing his job, uh, he instructs yeah. the patient to go to a specific room to have her blood pressure checked, but she refuses. Uh, you know, yeah. he's, a, he's an infidel and I don't want him here. So finally, a staff nurse comes by and gives the same instructions. Nazia, you know, heeds the instruction. Well, later, yeah. she's undergoing further medical tests. Nazia spots James in the hallway, then accuses him of saying something disrespectful towards the Prophet Muhammad. Absolutely no proof of that. And yes. then one of the other patients uh, at the hospital is videoing this encounter, puts it on social media, a television station picks it up, it's on television, and then the story is a worker at a hospital committing blasphemy. Now, James, understanding the danger, he has to go into hiding with his family. Yeah. How is he supposed yeah. to afford his family now? And there is no truth to the story from what we understand. I mean, Peter, these things go on and on. Yes. How do the followers of Jesus simply trying to live out their life in Christ and support their families, how do they you know, stay encouraged in their faith in Jesus? I think the church need to uh, step in, the Western church. Mm -hmm. They should step in in this kind of situation. They should raise awareness what's happening in Pakistan, and they should pressure the government, uh, the government. And also, you know, the, uh, the case like James. Uh, I have seen, because we live and we work among those people, and I know their situation. I know whole, how they live day-to-day -day life, but they live in fear. And I can imagine they know the situation. They cannot, they never speak against Quran, Muhammad, or they never uh, say anything. 
because you know i know but when i was growing up there so my father always teaches me this if anybody talk to you even abuse even say anything wrong to you don't say anything wrong to them if any if anybody talk against uh, jesus don't answer them say whatever they say this is my father used to talk, you know teach me when i was in school and i came to know th this kind of people you know they have a really low paid jobs there they are working so hard and uh, because of jealousy because of their christian because most of the time they receive invitation that uh, you have to accept islam and uh, otherwise uh, you you from western country and uh, you should do this and that every day they receive that so because of jealous jealousy spirit envious spirit so they uh, they do this kind of uh, they said how come a sanitation worker telling me this you should do that so uh, you know a hidden agenda is something different in their heart because they wanted to accuse them they wanted to torture them they wanted to teach a lesson that uh, we are powerful in this country we can do whatever we want and everybody believe can you imagine that the person who was just making video and he just uh, uh, i mean uh, did the video and uh, promote wrongly that he was accusing this uh, even the doctor couldn't do anything there and yeah. this is the same story every day we listen so how do believers in pakistan facing that kind of pressure and intimidation knowing that often they're set up of course we know the story of asia bibi who spent many years in prison is now living in canada but you know the years and years that you know she was imprisoned and and all the abuse and everything that she went through and because of international pressure she was finally yes. you know released and and yes. taken out of the country but if she hadn't have uh, you know, gotten away out of out of Pakistan immediately, she would have been killed. They would have hunted her down. So when you're living under that kind of, um, you know, constant pressure, how do the believers then share their faith in Jesus, knowing that they could be set up, especially if somebody, you know, starts arguing about the Quran or the Prophet Muhammad or, the, you know, who Jesus is. Uh, and, and a believer just really wants to share their faith in Jesus. They want their neighbor, their co-worker uh, to come into relationship with Jesus. How do they do that, Peter? I, I think, uh, brother, the persecution is the way to testify Jesus Christ okay. there in Pakistan. And one of the way. And I have seen one thing as they are persecution, as they face uh, persecution every day, their faith is more stronger and they, they never deny Jesus Christ. And they thought that, oh, we are going to live for Christ. We are going to die for Christ. And I have seen this. A lot of people, they, they receive uh, a lot of invitation. We will give you this much money or you convert or uh, do this. But I see in Bible, it says, indeed, all who drives to live godly life in Christ will be persecuted. So this is, you know, their strong faith yep. uh, convince them to live like a light of this world. 
And I believe that uh, this is the one way to share the gospel there. And when the churches are with them, the Western churches here, and we are uh, standing with them and helping them, guiding them yeah. and promoting them, the persecution, what's happening. And they think that uh, they are doing their part. And uh, the, the testimony they share through their life, you know what I always see? Because of their patience, because of their strong faith, uh, and they become a light of this world. Through them, a lot of people see the light, and a lot of people see how strong they are. Yeah. You see one thing else uh, there in Pakistan, a uh, lot of Muslim people, not everybody is bad. It's no. a group of people. Uh, there are so many good people in Pakistan who really trust only Christians. They ask uh, Christian teachers that they should come and teach their daughters in Muslim houses because they trust uh, Christian teachers. And, uh, the, and uh, in their account system, they think that, that the Christians are very uh, strong and uh, they're very honest people. So we need to invest in our company. There are some companies too, but there are fundamentalists, uh, those who hate Christians. They, they really want that the, in Pakistan, we just wanted to see all Muslims and not even Sikh, not even Hindu, not even Christian and all other minorities. So these, these things, when we see, it's a way of testimony uh, for a Christian too, that uh, when they are persecution, uh, they, they face persecution, they, uh, their faith is, I see some rickshaw drivers, when you go to Pakistan, you will see, they put the Bible verses and they, they put the Psalms and they, they testify that they wanted to show them who they are. They are not intimidated uh, because of persecution. Uh, they share their faith through verses, through their life, through their actions, mm, through yes. churches, through they witness Jesus Christ when they work among, uh, uh, you know, a lot of girls and young women. They work uh, domestic as a domestic worker. Right. Yeah. So they, they uh, through their honesty, they share their faith. And when somebody asked them, oh, why you are doing this? They said that because we are a follower of Jesus Christ and we believe in Christ. And he said that love your neighbors. You are our neighbors. And uh, uh, this is our church teaches us. So this is one of the way in banks and schools, in other community areas, because there are many people, those who are testifying, honest, working honestly, and they're testifying God through their lives. And they need such, and we all need wisdom when we share our faith yes. in Jesus. Uh, yes. But, you know, in Canada, you know, somebody might, oh, you, you know, one of those religious guys that might blow you off. Or, you know, if I'm talking on an airplane or sharing, you know, my faith with somebody here, they might not accept it. But there in Pakistan, they have to be very careful because it could be a setup. So they really have, oh, the, you yes. know, you know, that wise as a serpent and innocent as doves, knowing exactly who to share with. And and then I was thinking as yeah. you were talking as well, where the Bible, you know, if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before the father. Jesus saying that. Yes. Well, it's not just when yeah. you have a gun pointed at your head, you know, deny Jesus and become a Muslim or another religion, but it's really how we live our lives. And so even as you were sharing that, Peter, and that that brought hope to me, and I know to those that are watching or listening 
because there is that witness of Jesus. It's not that the Christians have all gone underground, they're hiding, and no, you know, no. and I and I've been on those rickshaws as well. And uh, yeah, you see the Bible verse, and you go, man, these guys yeah. are pretty brave doing that, or you know, in yes. our travels, and we've meet met believers that are, you know, they're they're excited about the Lord. Of course, the Lord is also you know giving dreams and visions to Muslims, and they often will yes. seek out a Christian. And I know even with you know, your television uh, channel, yes. uh, that you're teaching that. So it's yeah. so important that we do have this uh, hope and understanding that God is working in Pakistan in some very extreme situations. Now, I want to talk about another of, story. Yeah, go ahead, Peter. Yeah. A yeah. lot of people, they, they came to churches when they see uh, miracles happening. A lot of Muslims, they, they come to church, they go to church, they ask Christian people, please pray for us. This is one of the way. And we should be very vigilant whom we are sharing. One day, if, if I have a few minutes, I one day I receive uh, a person came when I was in Pakistan. He said that uh, I wanted to learn about Christ. I said, yes. And he was actually uh, a police inspector and he was trying to, he was undercover and he, he came to know that, uh, am I converting people or not? So uh, he, he, he said that, yeah, I can, I can tell you what is my belief and uh, what I believe and uh, why I believe on Jesus is the only living hope. So he said that, oh, you convert people. I said that I cannot convert people. Mm. Even I cannot convert my brother or my wife or my son. I just share if somebody asks me uh, why I believe on, on Jesus, what is the reason? I just share my testimony because he is my only living hope. And then he, he left. He said that this is the way that, you know, we have to be creative. A country like Pakistan and other countries where we have lots of persecution. But the Christ said that you should be a salt of this earth and you are a light of this world. We cannot leave because God has installed us there. Because this dark in this in that dark world, God needs light. Yes. But how we can do that? The church needs to take stand. There are so many ways. There are so many pro projects. So where we can show Jesus uh, in front that uh, Christ is with us and who is helping us. So uh, we are grateful people who are working there, who has churches. And uh, uh, sometime I believe that, praise God for that. Still, the door of churches are open. We can go uh, uh, you know, freely in the church and we can uh, share the gospel in the church and we are not hiding. We are not underground. That's the best part in Pakistan right now. Right. Yeah, churches do open me, you know, uh, meet openly. I've been in some of them. I've spoken in them and uh, yeah. large churches and, you know, often there's security yeah. and you have to be careful. And we've heard of, you know, churches that have uh, experienced violence where, you know, suicide bombers have gone in yes. and killed All our brothers and sisters. Yeah, so they're living under that constant shadow of violence and yet... So many of them have I've talked to, yeah, talked to many that have they said, we're not given into fear. If when, when we die, we're going to be with Jesus. So that's the yeah. upside of this thing. And you have to have an eternal perspective. And, and I think that's something we need to always remember. And boy, can we learn from our brothers and sisters in Pakistan? Yes. We can't convert anybody. I mean, you're involved yeah. in, you know, media and you're a pastor yeah. and I'm involved with Voice of the Martyrs and Huntley Street yeah. and we share testimonies, but it's only the Holy Spirit 
that uh, that can draw people. And I mean, there's other, of course, Islam, they believe you say this Islamic creed and you face towards Mecca and you do these things. Now you're a Muslim. Yeah. Of course, the issue with uh, relationship with Jesus is our heart. So here's another story that is indicative of the kind of situations that, you know, Christians are facing in Pakistan. So as a Christian lady, uh, she has five children and she was forced to go into hiding after receiving death threats, demanding that she convert to Islam. Now, despite the warnings, Nassim Bibi has refused to abandon her faith in Jesus. Now, the threats are a part of an ongoing campaign instigated by a militant Islamic group in that area that has already forced about 100 Christians into Islam. Now, again, we're not going to ever judge people if they've said this Islamic creed or they, I'm a Muslim now. I mean, they're under incredible stress and violence if they don't do these things. God knows the heart. Uh, you know, we think of a guy named Peter in the Bible. He denied Jesus yeah. three times. And uh, yeah. so, you know what, we have to have mercy and grace for these people. So as a part yeah. of this group's initiative, Nassim's husband was actually offered a house and again, considering how poor a lot of these folks are, a house and then promise to cover all the expenses for his four daughters. Now, unfortunately, these promises have led to problems uh, in their home. Nassim is now being threatened by her husband because he is prepared to you know, accept this offer. Now, Nassim, a uh, follower of Jesus, says, I was born a Christian. I will remain a Christian until my last breath. Uh, but, you know, again, Peter, the daily challenges like for people like Nassim, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus. She's got this children and now she's had to go into hiding. And that's that's the situation where, uh, uh, again, I will say the church needs to stand in prayer and in their, uh, you know, uh, monetary help. You know, uh, when she left home and a husband, too, she, you see that the husband said, okay, that's fine. He compromised. But she said that, no, i born in Christian faith and I'm going to die in Christian faith. You see that uh, the commitment and how she is rooted in Christ. When you, when you listen to them, you can't even imagine how privileged we are living in those, these, these countries. They stand for their faith and they're ready to persecute for persecution. They're ready to face all consequences. And sometimes I tell you, you know, even their uh, relatives, they are afraid to accommodate them because they think, oh, if the fundamental, the, all the extremists are, uh, you know, behind the scene, maybe they will find us and they will harm us too. So they have to change the cities and live silently. And those uh, kind of, uh, you know, women, and they always get uh, work from like a domestic work, a home, cleaning, washing, something like that. I would say that uh, we need to support those kind of family through yeah. the voice of martyr and through the organization uh, who are working and helping those uh, in those cases. Because, and I will, one, one, one thing I will mention, these are all false promises. They yeah. never fulfill. Oh, okay. So they're not even falling oh, through. Okay. No, no, not at all. Because I met a girl here and uh, she uh, said that uh, uh, I was married to a Muslim uh, uh, man and he's promised me he will give me this and that and uh, he will, uh, I will have a same level of respect. And she said that uh, no, he when he married, 
I am living in a servant quarter and I cannot even go to their real house. I, they provide me a food. I cannot go there because they said that if you will come to our place, our house will be uh, unclean. Uh, so you will make our house unclean. So you are infidel. You cannot enter to our kitchen. We will give you food. So, uh, and she was crying and she said that, what should I do? I said that you made a mistake. You need to pray for that. And it's, mm -hmm. it's hard. And no one, I, uh, especially like uh, this, this kind of story, I came to know a one girl, she was working in a PIA and uh, uh, she was falsely uh, promised by a Muslim, uh, you know, who was uh, uh, working with him. And he said that I will marry with you, but no, he had a physical relationship. He, and then she, he said that I cannot marry with you. Um, and you are infidel and I cannot. And they never provided job security. They never provided anything. It, these are all false uh, promises they make because they learn from their elder or from their religious groups that we have to convert these people. Right. Even, even that's in Pakistan, even in Canada. I mean, you receive lots of uh, invitation here. Uh, oh, we, uh, why don't you accept Islam? Oh, you are so good, accept Islam. And these are all fal false promises. And what I would request my Christian brothers and sisters who are listening this podcast, that uh, they should pray for this country. Yeah. Because this country is under dark cloud. And a lot of uh, people, a lot of stories, you cannot even know because they don't have cell phones. They, they are living in towns and they are living in oppression, in depression, and they don't have voice. How they can share uh, their faith and how uh, they are living in misery. We need to stand together and we need to take charge that uh, we are going to stand for our persecuted brothers and sisters who are afraid and who are helpless. So we will help them through whatever the ways are, through the, your prayers, through your monetary gifts, through your help. Uh, you connect with the different people there or churches or organizations, or uh, you maybe own a one family and educate them and help them Support, that, yes. uh, they, so they can, they can survive there. And that's uh, so important. They need to know that they're not alone. And that is they are not alone. And when I've traveled there, and I know you've been there many, many more times, of course, than yes. I have since coming to Canada, of course, living there. So tell me about uh, the broadcasting, you know, uh, with Living Hope TV. Uh, you know, you're getting the gospel into Pakistan. Uh, you know, people are hearing the gospel. What yeah. kind of response are you getting, Peter? A uh, lot of people, they hear the gospel because, uh, you know, that's my vision. In 2010, we, when we started TV program, and now it's a 24 hours, we have a, on app, we have on IPTV, and all kind of media. But when we receive uh, response from uh, non-believers, they always said that, please don't mention our name. I don't want to give my testimony because, uh, you know, then uh, I... 
I am in a situation where I cannot share my faith openly on TV or I cannot come to church, but I wanted to know more about Christ. So through, uh, through the app, because through the app we have downloaded the programs where we have, uh, uh, you know, 10 minutes program, who Jesus says, how they can grow in Christ. So they come, they also call us, our prayer team helps them. And also, uh, you know, in Pakistan, uh, we connect, we try to connect different churches. We yeah. try, I try to connect uh, pastors. So if, uh, when we find those kind of people, well, I, uh, I praise God that uh, living hope, bringing uh, living hope for many people who have dead hope in that area. So yeah. uh, we praise God for, for this channel. Yeah, and it's it's making incredible difference. And you know, there's a mention, you know, off the top, you've got children's programs, you've got, you know, for youth yeah. and adults and you know, just healthy living. And and I just love the name, you know, Living Hope. That's our living hope that we have in Jesus. So we're doing some projects with Voice of the Martyrs, uh, with you, Peter, through uh yes. the you know the Cornerstone Church. Um, what are some of the things uh we're working together on and then other things that you're doing as well? Uh, from a practical standpoint, uh, yes, they need to hear the word uh, through media. That's the most important thing, responding to Christ. But then there's also the practical needs. These people need to make a living. They need to support their family. So how are you doing that? Yes, uh, we started a uh, relation with, uh, together with Voice of Martyrs last year. And I am so grateful. The thing is, uh, my wife and I, since we were there in Pakistan, she always have a heart for women who are working underprivileged girls because they are always abused. We have so many stories. They were working in their homes and they, the, they were abused physically and uh, they wanted to work, but because they are young girls, so uh, I mean, you see the, the, the culture they live, they don't, and nobody listened to them. Yeah. So we started uh, sewing centers there and in different areas where we invite all the Christian girls. And we said that uh, we will give you a training. So we hire, uh, uh, you know, very um, skillful teachers, those who train them. And then we give them diploma uh, one year. And after when they finish them, we give them a sewing machine as a gift so they can they can earn their living and when they go back to their places we provided them when they have uh, we help them when they have marriages we help them when they are sick we help them when anything happened to them because they are connected with us mm -hmm. we try to give them a shadow so we are brothers and sisters and we are with you here and the teachers everybody's so happy and i always encourage different churches that they should take an ownership because a lot of people i we we challenge churches that the pastors you provide the place and uh, we will give you sewing machines and uh, you help them okay we will help the teacher salary so but you help in that way. So, so many pastors, they are helping us in that way in there. And lots of requests I am receiving from Pakistan. 
oh, why we wanted to start in Karachi, we wanted to start there too, when they came to know. And it's a huge need in Pakistan because yeah. uh, the testimony is great. They think with the piece of uh, just uh, maybe 80 or $100, I mean, uh, the sewing machine cost, you know, they earn every day their living. Just imagine that. They don't have to travel to work and they don't have to do anything for anybody. They are working and they're so happy and safe in their home. And now we are thinking about something other and different lines because there are some other projects because some not interested in sewing, but some are in a makeup artist, those who are illiterate girls. So my wife is uh, thinking about that and praying, we are praying that uh, in future, we can do something like this. So for, for those and computer centers, something like this. Yeah, there's so many opportunities. and There and are I've so even, many ways. And I've even seen it with the uh, sewing schools uh, in a place in northern Pakistan that uh, we visited. And they invited the Muslim community in there. And then the relationships yes. were built. And yes. many have come to know Jesus. Again, it's through living that life of Christ. And yes, there's yeah. a time to testify and, and to share the gospel. And I know that happens through your channel and, and channel. also from the believers that are, that are when they have that opportunity to share the gospel. Uh, Peter, before we leave, uh, the most important thing, and I say this on every podcast and every time I'm preaching at a church or speaking or teaching, the most important thing that we can do is to pray. And so yes. I'd like you to pray uh, that, you know, for our brothers and sisters in Pakistan, but also for anybody listening, whether it's in Canada, the United States, in Europe, wherever this podcast is being heard or seen, that the Holy Spirit touches our heart, because we're not going to force anybody to do anything. It's as the Holy Spirit oh, leads yes. and softens our heart. And as you know, some people listening today, and yeah, there's compassion there. I understand that. Um, but maybe you're in another ministry or that. That's okay. But yes, if God is 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 stirring your heart right now, I would really encourage you to, and I'm going to give some information in just a moment here. I'll have it on the podcast notes of how you can find out more about what Peter and Jemima Paul are doing or what the Voice of the Martyrs is doing. Again, we have this partnership. Yeah. You know, as, as the Holy Spirit leads, I'd encourage you to not put it aside, but as, as you're feeling that, okay, this is something that's really on my heart, these girls or the situation in Pakistan, to encourage our brothers and sisters in Christ to make sure the gospel continues to go. Because we can think, well, there's like, you know, so such a small percentage of Christians. What is it? Like 2% or something? It's very, very small. Yes. Yeah. And, and it might even be smaller than that, you know, but yeah. regardless, the Holy Spirit is still working. He will not be stopped at any border of any country yes. to go in and bring his light. So Peter, can you lead us in prayer? Sure, sure. Father, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity we can talk about persecution happening in Pakistan. We can take a stand. We can stand in a gap together uh, as an organization or as in a church. And we can pray for our brothers and sisters. Thank you for this opportunity of media so we can talk and we can share, Lord. And I know that uh, the prayer is the one way so we can pray together and it's a powerful thing. And through the prayer, you have bring 
so much peace and security for my brothers and sisters, those who are in Pakistan and all over the world who are persecuted. But Lord, I pray for these cases which we discuss. We don't know sometimes how to handle this situation, but you are the one. You are the one who will guide us and lead us. You are the one who will help those families, Lord. You, will the, you are the one who will stand for them, Lord, because they have proclaimed your name, Lord. And they, their, their faith is, uh, is more stronger. Lord, I pray that you kept their faith safe. Lord, I pray for those people who are supporting them who are standing for them, Lord. Pray that uh, give them wisdom as they are in a court system. Lord, provide the good judges and court system, Lord, so we can see a good report. And I pray for Zindamid Sewing Centers, Lord, working in different areas, Lord. And we receive so many good testimonies, how you are blessing, how you are making uh, those girls strong in their faith and how they are sharing their faith with other communities, Lord. Thank you for this uh, wonderful opportunity. I pray that, Lord, uh, for the voice of martyr, those who uh, they are standing in that gap for all the people who are suffering, Lord, bless them immensely. Bless them immensely, Lord and bless those people who listen this podcast and you are the one who will uh, compel their heart so whatever the way they wanted to help those people lord convince them holy spirit your divine spirit uh, convince them thank you for this day to, uh, that you have given us an opportunity to talk lord in jesus name we ask amen Amen. Thank you so much, Peter. I appreciate you as a brother in Christ and as a friend, as a partner with Voice of the Martyrs Canada. And to find out more about uh, what Peter and Jemima Paul's church and all the things that they're doing uh, in southern Ontario, including Living Hope TV, go to cornerstoneasianchurch.com that's cornerstoneasianchurch.com and if you'd like to find out more about the voice of the martyrs talked earlier about the persecution and prayer alert you can go to vomcanada.com also sign up for the newsletter and uh, actually i was leading devotions this morning peter and i was you know just talking to my friends of the voice of the martyrs and saying you know every time i go into a church and I talk about our newsletter i'll say it's important that we not only hear the stories of persecution but also the victory. And and we've done that today on this podcast. Yes, we're hearing some horrible stories of people like Anita and James and Nassim yeah. and others that are going through difficulty, but we're also hearing how God is even using those that are being persecuted to advance the kingdom of God. And, and I've oh, said yes. it many times, we have to have this eternal perspective that this yes. suffering is just for a season. But while we have breath, you and I, uh, Jemima, my wife, Arlene, our families, we need to continue to share the message of God's love. So again, I so appreciate you, brother, and thank you for all that you're doing. And I look forward to again seeing you real soon. And uh, can I also ask our, our folks that are listening or watching, if you can write a comment on this podcast, you can rate it, share it with your friends. Our goal really here is to have people praying and hearing about the persecuted church, not about building up numbers, things like that. It's about no. people praying. And so, and I know you're a praying man, brother. Thank you again for your ministry and thank you for your friendship. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
And remember, like our brothers and sisters in Pakistan, the closer you are to Jesus, the closer you are to the fire.